0: I'm Rob CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's episode is about microtransactions and can we use DLT and cryptocurrencies and for microtransactions. And we really break this down into component parts. What is a microtransaction? How does crypto help us? Does crypto help us? Uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about Cloud 2030 discussions in general is we don't start from a, of course it's good. We break down how it helps, what it helps, what problems does it solve, what problems does it create? And we really go through that process uh, during the conversation and find some really intriguing questions and some answers also towards the end. So I know you'll enjoy this whole conversation. Um, It is a very enlightening one about microtransactions, DLT, and crypto. Let me so let me tee up the micro converse microtransactions uh, conversation, sort of go back to where we were. Um, the the idea here is you know, we're looking for sort of practical use cases for DLT, and on the assumption that the transaction costs for DLT goes gets smaller and we can avoid fiat currency transactions, which um, still have an overhead and a cost. How, you know, is there an approach where DLT and digital currencies become, or maybe, maybe digital currencies that aren't DLTs um, become part of a microtransaction economy? Um, uh, actually, even more importantly, are we heading towards the microtransaction economy? Jane, usually, you, you usually have a lot lot of thoughts here.
1: Um, I believe that we are heading towards the microtransaction and DLT. I, I, I'm trying to separate the two, okay? Because a microtransaction... Usually give me a limit. Are we talking five bucks and under? Are we talking $500 and under?
2: Are you talking talking about
1: the
0: number? I, I, my inherent thought for microtransaction is, um, that you pay to read a blog post, um, for fractions of a penny. Um, Whatever, so effectively, whatever a YouTube creator makes on the on an ad for one of the channels that has ads, or um, maybe a, okay. uh, an author makes on a song that you're listening to in a subscription service. Um, but I could see it going up to: I'm watching a, a Netflix show, and instead of being a Netflix subscriber, I'm going to be charged two fifty for every episode I watch. Um, or even better, a dollar twenty-five for the first half and a dollar twenty-five for the second half. Um, That—that's—that sort of. So, I guess my threshold goes up to about ten dollars in a microtransaction. Okay. But, but it's very—it's not just the the money; it's actually the consumption.
3: Uh, I'm not sure what that means when you say that.
0: Nope. Nope. So
4: how is um, so how is how is this different than what Patreon already does?
0: I'm not sure. I think Patreon actually is a microtransaction um it's a it's an early microtransaction model,
3: okay. right?
0: Um and then so, like Substack I think is doing something similar. I think we have some examples. Uh, Brave, of, I don't sorry. know if, oh, the 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 Brave browser does that. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are other there are lots of examples of microtransactions. What what I find very interesting is I'm starting to see a lot of aggregated microtransactions. So think about how many times a week, month or day you order something from Amazon. If those were all microtransactions, there's three or four different companies that I have Gotten wind of that are looking at aggregating the transactions to build up the amount before they're processed. Okay, right. In order to reduce the volume of transactions and the cost of the transactions. The question is how they go about getting buy in from various organizations that would be part of the aggregation. So, in respect to something like Amazon, and I can see this working for Amazon, why they're doing it. They're now expanding their Amazon pay to other providers. Right. You can go to a different a non-Amazon store, Nordstrom, whatever, um, and use it, use Amazon pay there. So they're looking at that aggregation model, but not on a microtransaction level.
0: And th- does that effectively make them a bank? Yes. Settle the transaction. Yes. Well, I, and actually, does does microtransactions turn these sites into banks? Uh, no. Cred- or credit card no. issuers <laughs> No, it does not. Um
3: there well here, here's one question. First of all, does a micro does a transaction of kind we we're discussing does it always involve something that is actually considered legal currency because there is also a really burgeoning market or not uh, uh, burgeoning maybe Overdoing it. There's a there's a growing market for in kind transactions. There's an exchange. They're they're effectively barter, but they have benchmarks on certain kinds of information. Um, the marketeers have used this for years, um, getting a certain amount of PII or a, about individual. Um, geographies of a a population block, uh, a household, things like that. And they have often avoided uh, a lot of uh, nasty bookkeeping by doing in kind or barter barter transactions. But they're they're very methodical. They're they are replicable, and at the end of the day, they are translated or can be translated into some form of of currency or value ascribed to them. Some of the reasons they would do that is for their um, their bookkeeping, their basically their balance sheet, because many of these companies their data sets their their data is in fact an, an enormous part of their their balance sheet and their value so I guess my question is are you are you limiting your definition here to transactions in which there is an exchange and the exchange includes something that is considered legal tender
0: I, I'm not actually so the the topic specifically says, can you do this with uh, DLTs and non, non-fiat currencies? So that's um, I think what you're what you're asking around is yeah. one of the key yeah. questions here is that can we get out of well, um, non-fiat mm-hmm. microtransactions?
3: What is it about DLT that does or doesn't um, impact the notion of currency here? I mean you have there they are ledgers they're distributed ledgers but um are, is there a is there something that I'm missing here in your in your question
0: uh, I well, could I, go ahead <laughs> I think I'm, I'm the one sorry. missing things
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I would say I would say we're coming to a point where if If DLT becomes a norm, a blockchain becomes a norm in the technology side of it. Mm-hmm. The notion of distribution could allow for the aggregation of a token representing a currency in a geography. So remember, you know, weeks ago now, I made mm-hmm. the sort of flippant remark about creating notums, yeah, which is what decentralized would would bring. Well. Think about companies that are global that let's use Starbucks or McDonald's as an example. They set up a NOTAM in a particular country, aggregate all of the transactions in a token for rewards or couponing or incentivization or whatever, plus yeah. all the payments in a non-fiat. And then transfer that in bulk as one transaction
3: exactly. to fiat. Okay. That's- that and I completely buy into that. Let's let's let let me posit something else just for the purpose of the conversation, and that is when you're using DLTs, yep, or the exchange of um, entitlements, rights to something, different kinds of information. I'm exchanging, you know um entitlement to you know i don't know rob's uh the block that rob lives on and an analysis of that population the demographics and so forth and uh i'm i in, i have purchased that from somebody i've acquired entitlement to it and i'm trading that for something uh in uh, minneapolis where where Larry just visited what would you consider that is that a microtransaction is that a transaction and you would absolutely want to be using uh, a dlt for those entitlements there would be they might be usage tokens as a, as a matter of fact and those tokens yeah. might be might have a you know, at least on a benchmark basis of, you know, a, a price for which uh, I might be able to put them on the open market and say, I'll sell you this for 37 and a half cents.
1: Canadian so, or US?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the point, that, exactly. The, the point that I'm asking is uh, w- what part of that is a quote tran- microtransaction and what part of it is not?
1: So I would say that the fixing of the value of the initial token could be a microtransaction because it's 37 and a half cents US, let's say.
3: If it's in a market, Uh, if it's in a marketplace,
1: if it's in a marketplace, but Mm -hmm. fair market value in that context may actually be something very different because Rob would be the one, or the company that you bought the initial data from, based on who owned it, Mm -hmm. could be very different. You could be selling it at a loss.
3: Exactly. So, so
1: if you, if if I just just let me finish the thought, Rich. So my question to Rob initially was, give me a value limit. Are we talking five bucks or five hundred bucks? of a microtransaction. So I think that's a starting point to try and answer your question. So it would be the establishment of the value of the whatever it is, data. By,
3: whatever, by whatever mechanism, could be market or could be just simply the, the owner says, my best and final uh, is if you wanna buy this from me, it's 37 right. and 5 right cents, right?
1: right. Exactly. Or it could be a fixed. I mean, I'm looking at something that's more like a um, a fixed value based on open market, let's say. Not with the idea of speculation, but let's say you took the same information and instead of it being from Rob, let's say it's from me or let's say it's from Mike or Larry or anybody else. If you If you surveyed that group, and they asked you, and you asked them, what is fair value for this item you could get take a mean average right and call that the call that the benchmark yeah. it's
2: Agreed. the I mean it's the, the if we really want to do this, it's the difference between trant or the intersection of transactions right standard by definition transactions regardless of size and stock market speculation yeah. that's um, the difference right yeah. and you, i mean when i'm listening to everybody talk that's that's really what you're that's really what you're talking about you're not talking about transactions here because it has nothing to do with tra- with the actual transaction it's about the value and the value it's the either,
3: establishment of value,
2: right? Value. It's either an it's either an established is an either an established value of which everything's going back to fiat anyway, or it's going to be hey, let's make a bet here. Well, Vegas, this, it's it's Vegas.
3: Well, does let, have to go back. Let, to let, let me let me go ahead. Put, um, another question then to you, um, because this is starting to sound at least our operationally more like foreign exchange than it is the stock market and that's a different that's a different story altogether i would agree with that and they're they are they are they are it's quite transactional it is um and and it it is a it is a demand but it's probably the closest we have on the face of the planet um to kind of a kind of a full-on market, um, I would say the stock markets and capital markets are, you know, don't really qualify. If we're talking microtransactions, and um, I, I'd, I'd say we're talking about something that um, is in the probably five to $10 range as the low lower limit, Mostly because, at least at this point in time, if you're going to use DLT, if you're going to use uh, anything that cryptographically anchors it, and the reason you're doing that, there is a, at least right now, known known cost to doing that, and uh, depending on whose system you're using, what assurances they're giving, um, what it costs to actually trade in a particular exchange or market place. So I I you know, really do think that as the costs of, re, of DLT transactions um, are reduced, as these things start looking more like currencies and less like assets that, were, that are being traded or sold and bought, yeah. Um, these things really do start to get to the point where we can be talking about oh, trading or the exchange, the purchase oh. the sale and purchase of a lot of different things, some of which are not um, not physical. they are rights.
0: But I mean, you're you're hitting on something that I guess'm I'm, I'm struggling with because, and, and this maybe is fundamental in how some of these digital currencies have been positioned, but then what they've become—they—they are—they are they're, they're being traded as as stocks, right? As as a secondary market, and you know the idea that I'm going to use Bitcoin to buy a pizza, um, yeah. right? Or or pay for you know, hey, here's a fractional Bitcoin for a blog post that I'm reading to the author,
3: Not right? Likely, yeah.
0: I, I mean the, the, the transaction cost part of what I think I was interested in at, at, at the top although you' all bringing up really interesting points is the using um, the, uh, you know these these alternate currencies as a monetary buy something from somebody uh, seems like the, the, the transaction cost is expensive Um Right We're far
3: too expensive to be down in the five to ten dollar uh, range.
0: Yeah, and I've been I've been hoping, or I've been seeing them described as being um, like useful for you know pennies.
1: Well, well uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I would agree that that they are, and it really depends on the situation. Because years ago now, um, I was involved with Orange. And what they were doing in Africa with cell time. Mm-hmm. And they were calculating the cost of cell based on a per second charge. So, if you look at that, at the exchange of X amount of cell time for Y amount of currency or digital currency, that's the most lucrative model because even though they were prepaid or postpaid, you still had a fixed rate per second of the digital currency or the fiat currency, right? And it's it, it, it really, my question to you, Rich, would be on rates. How yeah. do you apportion those?
3: Well, first of all, let me ask you the question. Why isn't the actual second, if, if in fact, a, a, a minute of sell time or a second of sell time is um is fungible with every other uh minute or uh, second of cell time why isn't that the currency why why do you why do you consider that trade in that or trade in in cell time as uh as something other than the currency it is in fact something that was transferable it was mm-hmm. yeah, it is fungible and it the in Africa, as you point out, it became a international, a trans-border um, currency that yes. people could use um, because the utility, uh, the utilities on which it was based, were themselves multinational and had already made agreements about um, what. A minute in Tanzania um, runs for versus uh, a minute in uh, uh, Botswana.
1: Yeah. No, you're 100% right. I mean, that model really comes to, I guess, the point that I was trying to make is if you can find a utility, Mm -hmm. whether it's electricity or gasoline or cell time or a commodity. connection time cloud service time
3: it's a, it's come anything that you can commoditize like that where it is where it has that fungibility yeah you've got it
1: yeah and 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 i think that that in part is where we're heading yeah because those that list of commodities is growing
3: exactly and at that point then you have the, the issue is all right if that transfer of a right a minute of of sell time is possible to accomplish using dlt either as bundles i mean with true up at the end of the week end of the day what have you to reduce the the transaction cost of putting it on the dlt Right. Then I think you' you're getting close to this lower limit that we're talking about.
1: and and I agree with you, and my question back to you mm-hmm. is when it comes to rights, yeah. is the right to one of my ideas more valuable, less valuable, equal to Don's
3: or yours
1: or that's
3: the problem. this is these these are not fungible you know um but i don't i don't think those are those are fungible and and those are those are going to be more individual transactions and they're going to be idiosyncratic and they're going to be episodic those are those are bargaining and, and those those are sell, you know i'm i'm either buying or i'm selling selling the idea and uh, I've established a, a mechanism by which I'm, I want to establish a price and I'll, you know, I'll bargain for it.
0: But, here, but here's what I don't, what I don't understand because mm-hmm. we already have, you know, like third-party transaction payment, like you, you already have a fiat currency <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and it's, you know, you can create a, a debit system. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the ones that, that the, you know, everybody's using to sh- share tabs and pay people, um, right? Even PayPal has been like this for forever. Um, you know, it's like they'll hold. Are you talking about? You. Are
3: you talking about Ripple, and or are you talking about something?
0: No, like- I'm talking about like like what PayPal like uh, yeah, what PayPal does, where you yeah. can be like, I'm going to transact with you. PayPal is going to operate to hold a reserve of currency, and they can pull money out, but. I mean, I could live, you know, if you had an economy that had enough people participating, then you could transact completely in that, in that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not, I'm, and not have to exit. it.
2: I yeah. use micro payments every day already with no problem. I don't need any other new technology. I pay for my gas and in, infractions. I pay for fruits and vegetables by the ounce in micro, in micro payments. I'm, kind of confused. What problem are we actually trying to solve here? Yeah. Right? It seems, you know, I know this argument's been made, but you know, this is a technology looking for a for a home that it, it doesn't need.
3: And and to uh, and to Mike's point here, this is and and Joanne's the 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 bundling of these transactions as opposed to having a Uh, a fully independent and unique transaction that is auditable and needs to be unique uh, on the distributed ledger, that's what costs the money. And this is why, as Joanne's pointed out, the way people are addressing this for um, what you're describing as microtransaction is bundling it. it's aggregating them and then you know truing things up at you know on the hour or at the end of the day or end of the week end of the month so what telephone the international telephone companies did for years with their with uh, their payments to one another so yeah I I again I I agree with Mike and with Joanne the the question is not one of the cost of DLT transactions, it's what is required of the transaction in terms of um, regulatory requirements, trackability, traceability, all of the other things that go along with it. So that's the only reason why you're making a lot of these, um, you know, saves to a to a blockchain or to some sort of you know cryptographically anchored uh, time series database
4: but but credit card companies are really really good at processing tens of millions <laughs> if not billions of transactions a day
3: right and they get what, paid what's for it? better oh, I, I, the only reason why dlt's have make uh, make much of a uh of a sense here is you know basically avoiding having a middle um, so a middleman so, that's a bank
4: <laughs> so 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 visa cuts their rates in half right
3: what's they they're the... going to they're going to they're going to make uh, they're going to make life for a lot of these uh, these aftermarket uh, companies doing this kind of transaction. It's going to make their life hell. That's exact, and that's exactly what they'll do.
4: Yeah, I mean, they'll just they'll just keep cutting their rates until it's not economic for these companies to exist.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I I actually, I actually think there's a different challenge on the fraud side on how transactions are settled. Uh, yes. I think I, I, I think we're I think what we're bringing up here are very real questions. But one of the things that credit card companies do as as a as a middle broker in this is they actually provide a breakpoint from fraudulent transactions or from yeah. um, illicit activities.
3: They and ins- what part of the price you're paying for is is mm-hmm. insurance.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and 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 as someone who has made claims on the uh, on that insurance several times, yeah. you know, I'm sort of okay with
0: that. That's why I buy insurance. <laughs> it's, so, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, especially with the um, volatility being generous. Volatility in the current crypto markets. So if you had said, "I'm going to eliminate." credit cards and fiat currency from that transaction, and you had been doing transactions strictly in a crypto, you (laughs) might've seen that what you thought you were selling for the equivalent of $10 is now worth three. Um, But, and, and then on the fraud side, I think that it's, you know, there, there are, I don't know if they're anecdotal or statistically significant, but stories of people who, you know, give up their wallet ID and have their crypto transferred away from them, and oh, there's no, not, and there's no recourse. Those, are,
3: those, those are quite real. So I, I'm, I'm missing that point of your argument, Rob.
0: I, I guess one of the things that um, is important in any of these commercial transactions, because when I, when I think of this topic, it's, it's transactions between third parties from a from a from a commerce perspective not from a speculative perspective.
3: Yeah.
0: And and you know we talk a lot about using crypto to sell transactions and multi-party things and, and items like that. But the reason I bring up the fraud piece is that if people's perception of crypto faster, no no third parties right direct, also includes um, a higher risk of fraud or higher risk of you know improper transactions then then those 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 become less and less attractive both at 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 macro transactions and micro transactions
3: yeah here's here's one point you have to also figure in though if the level of work the amount of cost to um, invade or or you know Impose uh, uh, impose yourself in a in, as a as a bad actor in a transaction mm. is high enough, and it's it's not replicable. It's not as easy re, easy to repeat or routinized. Then that basically takes the um, the incentive for uh, a bad actor to go in and and get involved with, you know, trying to um, hijack microtransactions. So
4: so let me ask a a practical question of Rob here, right? Somebody comes along to buy your house, right? Are you willing to accept Bitcoin or do you want them to use an escrow
0: lawyer? Uh, I'd definitely go for the latter, an escrow lawyer. I think there's your answer.
3: Yep.
1: Well, you do pay the price for a surety, but yeah, I guess I guess part of what I'm kind of moving toward and and not quite getting out of the conversation is: it, are we dividing DLT, a back end technology capability, from The buy and sell using a token in some way and calling that what will become the overall usage for micro currency or micro transactions, because in my mind, and maybe it's only my mind, I see a lot of corporate use of DLT that has nothing to do with the crypto. And in fact, hearing about certain companies wanting to incentivize their customer journey using some form of NFT uh, or you know that would be tied to a crypto, maybe in aggregate form, and trying to assign a value. In other words, re- replace the newspaper coupon for 20 cents off with an NFT that you would aggregate up to a value let's call it a dollar or more, and then use in some way through a retail chain, call it Target or Walmart. To me, that's a very, no pun intended, tangible use of an intangible value asset that will somehow have to be accommodated for, but which makes use of something that I think we would probably get to later on in, in, in a follow-up discussion about microtransactions is the customer value of a microtransaction to a retailer or to a seller.
4: But, but what, what advantage do they get from putting that onto a DLT as opposed to, you know, just a barcode on in a, a barcode in an email?
1: Uh, the advantage to them is two things. One, in the barcode system, it's a uh, trap, track and trace. Where does it go? How is it made, who, you know, all of the regulatory compliance, governance, etc. The use of the token is not only a new touch point and, you know, toward the metaverse kind of notion of, let me lure you in with something new and novel and another channel. Uh, but it also gets them over the hurdle, believe it or not, of the fact that in the U.S. there are 50 states and 50 different sets of laws around couponing. And it's yeah, a quagmire.
4: So, 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 so l- l- let me be slightly cynical there because, you know, that'll be very out of character for me. Um,
0: <laughs> uh,
4: so the argument is, is that it's new and shiny. Uh, and the yes. government hasn't fi- and 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 the government hasn't figured it out
1: it's not only that the government hasn't figured it out it's the actual cost associated with couponing is huge and it involves so many different stakeholders and it accounts for um, don't quote me on this because it may be a dated statistic something like 2 or 3% of every transaction Grocery stores are, grocery store.
3: That's still legit. That's still legit, Joanne. Okay.
1: So it's a very high cost. Hang on. And lastly, the cost of fraud and and lost merchandise revenue on it is another one and a half to 2% added on. Because it's all tied to trade credit not just on the consumer side, but on the grocery store side as well. So it affects supply chain. It affects a lot of different stuff. This is their reason for wanting to do it. Their why. Here
3: here would be one issue that, Don, that would argue for the kinds of transactions we're talking about with DLT. And that is if the... Thing being acquired or traded as part of the transaction has in itself to be tracked and traced, uh, or if you would, if you relied on the credit card, for example, the you know a credit card transaction generally doesn't uh, keep the level of information about what has been bought or sold down to the, you know, the serial number. And, uh, you know, you, you might get a SKU, but you you generally wouldn't get the serial number unless it was a pretty expensive piece of uh, kit that's going through this.
4: But I mean, but I mean, who cares about the serial number of a potato?
3: I, (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, but you will you may want to want to or government may actually require that you keep some sort of uh track and traceability on uh pii that's that's moved or information that can be used for re-identification downstream because it it it's almost like a and i I won't call it a munition but you know it, there is a there's an issue of, you know, if certain kinds so, of so, information is to be is to be sold or data is to be sold. OK, so, so
4: OK, so, OK, there are, uh, I'm I'm fundamentally confused now. I thought the whole point of digital ledgers and this kind of thing was that everything was anonymous and now you just told me it's all there to track to to to, to, to track serial numbers on potatoes right it's no no uh, no,
3: not anonymous you're and you're you're mixing you're mixing up the uh the thing itself that's being you know moved from uh one owner one owner to another versus who the owners are and the the ownership issue is is not anonymous it's it's basically it's the use of pseudonyms. That um, that's one thing. The other is it's all on on the blockchain. It's all in the DLT. Such that in fact you have a trackable, traceable record. I mean, to the <laughs> it's it's <laughs> in many ways it's a, it's the complete opposite of anonymity. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you don't want to be associated with the transaction, um, okay, you can you can possibly get there by spending a, a lot of time and effort to do it. The point here is um, that I'm making is that the kind of information that can be moved along with that transaction, with what whatever is being moved along, actually. Can live quite nicely and easily in the in the distributed ledger. It's mm-hmm. part of the actual actual technology and part of the transaction.
1: It's it's also okay. Let me go to your potato reference. There's a company in the Netherlands called Everything, and it's been doing this for years using DLT. Um, the the Stamping of a barcode or a GTIN identifier on a potato is yeah. actually they do it. part of the regulatory yeah. requirement in case of disease, right? They want to know what you know what batch of potatoes went to what location to inform people. Hey, you might get listeria; throw them out. Um, so there's an immutability factor that really is quite important. But what everything came up with was taking a blockchain technology, a DLT technology, and creating a way that all of those lovely little QR codes and GTIN codes on, let's say, a can of Diet Coke actually works to the advantage of InBev in a way that you would never believe, not only for where it goes from from when it leaves the factory, but the ESG on the TIN. The quality control in the drink itself, on the drink itself, the cold chain that delivers it, the distribution, the logistics, and, and retailers, etc. Et and cetera. with
3: that, but, with that, by the way, Joanne, the, the provenance of who who allowed the warehouse to get over the but, uh, the required temperature for correct. I
4: mean, I mean, I mean, I mean that entire use case you just described. I mean, I can I can do with MongoDB and a and and a PKI infrastructure.
1: Yes, you could. Yes, you could. But when you were doing that, think about ten thousand suppliers trying to agree on it. <laughs> exactly. And think about the I fact think, that you I know, think the it's, guy who hang on the guy who makes the fizzy. Um, is trying to recapture CO2 and has an ESG initiative that he wants to make sure gets followed throughout the entire chain. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, you don't need a blockchain or a distributed ledger technology to do that because we're all smart techie people and we can figure out 10 ways to skin the cat, but it's probably the smoothest of those ways for large groups of stakeholders. IBM would not have success with um, uh, whatever it's called, travel whatever, uh, on its blockchain technology that it put out with Maseric and, and many other companies that's been running now for 10 years on Hyperledger and doing phenomenal things in process efficiency, cost efficiency, trackability, traceability, immutability, all of those wonderful things, including observability, um, if these use cases didn't you know, come up and where I tie that bit back to the microtransaction is, so how much is the distributor getting paid in microtransaction cost? How much is the retailer getting paid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I see that being part and parcel of it, though it may not be direct Directly related, but indirectly related. Does that help?
4: No, I'm still unconvinced.
1: But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Mike, it's up to you.
4: No, I, I, I unfortunately like have a job I need to get to, but this is, I mean, this is truly, I mean, it actually is uh, fascinating. I'd love to debate this all day, but I have an, I have things
0: I need to get done, but this is awesome. We are we are at the top. Uh, these are important conversations. I'm I'm still uh, I I Donna more more towards you. I'm still I trying. think I think
3: I think a great deal of the problem is the conflation of lots of things around a distributed ledger payment and what goes what the added value of a DLT actually can be and should and in many cases seems to be called upon. And that's um, I think we, we need to I think we need to kind of unpack a lot of the different aspects of it. And I think Joanne's done pretty yeah. good. Job of kind of at least spotlighting a number of the places where we should be, you know, putting the
2: microscope.
0: I, the unpacking, I think, is important.
2: Hey, Rob, I'll I'll, I'll bring I'll bring this one, I'll bring this one home for you, um, for this one, and tie it back to the beginning. I have a jar of pennies, looking for microtransaction homes still that I've had for years. So, as we think about this and the ledger, let's think about what we do with all those pennies.
0: <laughs> oh, that's an interesting perspective.
3: So long folks, gotta jump. Bye-bye. All right,
0: everybody. This was good. Thought provoking. Thank you. Bye, all. Bye. Wow, what a great conversation. And this is so typical of how we have Cloud 2030 conversations. Different perspective different use cases, really pulling apart what the real issues are and not just shouting crypto in the room and running out. Um, these conversations are better when we have more voices, when you participate. And I would encourage you to come and join us. Be part of these roundtables. At the2030.cloud, you'll find our schedule. Pick the topics that you want to come in. Come in and just listen. Um, they are better when we hear more questions, more opinions, more thoughts. And I want you to be part of that. I'll see you there. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently. Because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put Uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and, you know, laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.